Hello and welcome back to Benaya, Mighty Man of God by P.H. Thompson, an audiobook. This is chapter 10. Then David said to Abigail, Blessed is the Lord God of Israel, who sent you this day to meet me. And blessed is your advice, and blessed are you, because you have kept me this day from coming to bloodshed and from avenging myself with my own hand. 1 Samuel 25, 32-33 Benaiah didn't have long to wonder how David would respond to Nabal's rebuff. As soon as they returned and reported Nabal's rude response to him, he sprang from his seat, reaching for his sword. Every man gird on his sword, he ordered. Assemble four hundred men. That should be more than enough to deal with this rascal. The other two hundred can stay behind and guard the women and children. Benaiah could easily have remained, since they had been away for weeks now, guarding shepherds. He missed Mariah but he couldn't even spare time to greet her when he was needed by David. Besides, Benaiah didn't want to admit it, but he was energized by the thought of a new mission. No, he would not be found lounging by the fire with his wife when he had an opportunity to follow David on a mission. He had to admit that he wanted to see David put Nabal in his place. As they marched toward Carmel, Benaiah reflected on the situation. He could understand David taking offense at Nabal's harsh response to his request. It had been worse to hear it in person. The man was harsh and rude. He was filled with his own self-importance and didn't recognize how David's men had truly been a wall of protection to Nabal's men both day and night. But he wondered what David would do in response. Surely 400 armed soldiers were too many if all he wanted to do was display a show of force and intimidate the man. David was still seething. His anger did not dissipate as they journeyed toward the home of Nabal. My protection of this man's servants and property was all for nothing. He has returned disdain for my kindness. It was true, Benaiah thought. But then David surprised him. I swear that not one male among his family and servants will be alive by morning light, David said. Benaiah wondered at David's harsh response. He hadn't really considered what his actions would be when they first set out. Now it seemed more like personal revenge than a tongue-lashing on Nabal for his insult. Was David justified in his actions? Was it out of proportion to the offense? Benaiah considered it, but chose to trust David. Benaiah fingered the sling of his club, remembering Amizabad. When it was a matter of obeying or questioning orders, Benaiah would obey. To do otherwise, he knew all too well, could lead to disastrous results. No, he was not the one making the decisions. He was the soldier. David was their leader. He would obey. He trusted David. The Lord was with David. But the unrestrained fury he could see in David's eyes concerned Benaiah. Would he really kill Nabal's family and servants for his lack of hospitality? More importantly, would Benaiah be a willing participant in the slaughter? These were not the enemies of Israel or even the armies of David's enemy Saul. This was a family and its servants in Israel. He had spent weeks with these harmless shepherds. Would David now order his men to kill them without mercy? Would Benaiah obey? While he wrestled with this dilemma, someone pointed out a group of men approaching. As they came closer, Benaiah could see they were leading many donkeys, which were loaded down with sacks. When they were close enough to be heard, David asked, Who are you? They answered, We are servants of our mistress Abigail, wife of Nabal. She sends this gift to my lord David. She follows behind. Benaiah couldn't believe it. 
It was similar to when Jacob was going to meet Esau after many years apart. He sent wave after wave of gifts on ahead of him to appease his brother's anger. Could it be that the scoundrel Nabal had a change of heart? He hoped it was so. He didn't want to do what he knew in his heart was wrong. After the donkey stopped, the men's eyes sparkled in anticipation of the great feast. Abigail had sent bountiful provisions of bread, raisins, wine, five dressed sheep, roasted grain, and cakes of figs. Soon after, the woman herself approached, riding a donkey. When she drew close, she dismounted quickly and fell on her face on the ground before David. Let the blame fall on me for this wickedness that was done to you, she cried out. Was she taking the blame for what Benaiah knew to be her husband's fault? The woman, Abigail, her servants had called her, was very beautiful. She was clearly much younger than her husband, Nabal. Poor woman, Benaiah didn't often consider what women felt when they were placed in these arranged marriages. Most seemed happy enough. He and Mariah were happy. But this woman had to live with a harsh and unreasonable man. Benaiah felt sympathy for her. May I try to explain what happened? David stepped forward. Please stand. He reached out his hand and helped Abigail to stand before him. She exhaled and began. Please disregard that scoundrel Nabal. Just as his name suggests, he is a fool, and he acts like one. Benaiah had to smile. Nabal meant fool. Who would name their child a fool? She continued, But I, your maidservant, did not see the young men of my lord whom you sent. That was true. She wasn't there. The servants who were there must have reported the exchange between himself and Nabal to her. Now, since no action has been taken yet, and no blood has been shed, she took a deep breath, instead of avenging yourself, may your enemies be confounded. She motioned to the gift of food laid out before him. And may this present that I've brought be given to you and your servants. Please forgive my oversight. For I've heard of you, and know for certain that the Lord will establish you in your house, because you fight the battles of the Lord, and there has been no wickedness in any of your dealings to this day. Benaiah was amazed at this woman. Her estimation of David was as right as her husband's opinion was wrong. She had obviously heard of David and his exploits, and recognized that the Lord was with him. She seemed to be hinting at the difference between his military battles and this personal vendetta. If David followed through with it, he'd be no little better than Saul when he massacred the inhabitants of Nob. What an insightful woman this Abigail was. And even though you now have an enemy who is seeking to kill you, your life will surely be safe in the hands of God, whereas your enemies will be thrown out like stones out of a sling. Benaiah liked this woman more each time she spoke. She seemed to be aware of Saul's pursuit of David, and she knew just the right thing to say to David, using the image of the sling to remind him of his battle with Goliath, that it was the Lord who delivered him from his enemies in an unexpected way. Benaiah could see David's expression soften with her words and his posture relax. And in the day when you are established as the ruler of Israel, as God has promised, then your conscience will not rise up to convict you that you have shed blood for no reason or that you have avenged yourself. Benaiah was astonished at Abigail. She was well informed about David and the rumors about him one day becoming the king of Israel. She was encouraging him to leave his personal insults to the Lord so that he would not live with regret. Benaiah could see the tension leave David's shoulders as he considered Abigail's words. 
Then she added, After God has blessed you, please remember me, your maidservant. She seemed to be finished speaking. She bowed again. David threw his head back and laughed. Abigail seemed as surprised as Benaiah. Was it a laugh of derision or delight? Would David accept the gift? David reached forward as if to touch Abigail, but then pulled his hand back to his chest. Thank God for sending you to me to, to meet me today for, and for your sage advice because it has kept me from avenging myself over your husband's behavior. Because I assure you, if you hadn't hurried here to intercept me, I was determined that Nabal would have no male heirs or servants by morning. Abigail's features showed relief, but until that moment, she may not have been aware of the extent of the revenge David had been planning. Benaiah was relieved as well, but he chided himself for not being the one to speak out. If Abigail had not come, would he have blindly followed David's order to kill the family and servants of Nabal? It was shocking to him that he couldn't answer the question. Was he going to wait and decide at that moment? Why wasn't he bold enough to speak out, like Eleazar and the other servants of Saul who refused to carry out his wicked orders to kill the priests of Nob? It was obvious to everyone that what David was planning was wrong. Yet the wisdom did not come from David's friend, Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada the priest, who should have known better, but from a woman. A woman rescued him from an action that would have surely grieved him his whole life. Benaiah already had enough regrets in his own life. He had great respect for Abigail, but her words only made him think of his own inaction and cowardice. David gave orders for the food to be removed from the donkeys, but Abigail insisted he take the donkeys as well. David accepted the generous gift with a nod to Abigail. You may return safely to your home, he said with a smile. You've convinced me not to act on my anger. Abigail again bowed to the ground and then departed with her servants. David's gaze followed her until she disappeared behind a hill in the distance. That was one incredible woman, David commented. Very discerning, Benaiah remarked. And beautiful, David added. He led one of the donkeys back toward their camp. And married, Benaiah cautioned. David sighed. Yes, married, but very beautiful. David married a woman named Ahinoam of Jezreel. He had met her on their travels and sent for her with a proposal of marriage. Benaiah wondered if it was in response to the news of Michal's remarriage or his frustration over meeting Abigail and finding that she was already married. Soon after, another messenger arrived with news that Nabal had died. Right after Abigail told him about David's plans for revenge and how she averted disaster, his heart died within him and he became as a stone. He died a week later. David praised God. He said, Praise God because he has intervened on my behalf and has answered Nabal's insults with his own rebuke. He has brought Nabal's wickedness back on his own head while keeping me from personal vengeance. Benaiah was thankful as well. He still shuddered when he thought of how events could have unfolded. David called Benaiah to his side. Benaiah, take a few men with you and go to Carmel to Abigail, the widow of Nabal. Tell her I am proposing marriage to her. Benaiah smiled at David. He was like a little boy, anticipating a new toy. He could not deny that he was happy for his friend, although he wondered how life in the camp would change now that David would have two wives to please after so much time without even one wife. He also wondered how David's other wife, Ahinoam, would feel 
about the new arrival so soon after their wedding. How would Abigail feel hearing a proposal through a messenger? Perhaps she'd understand it revealed more about David's importance than his lack of concern for romance. Benaiah could understand how David's loneliness, coupled with the recent news of Michal's remarriage, would make him take this step now. Abigail seemed to hint her interest when she asked David to remember her. Perhaps the wilderness was a good place to find a wife after all. When they arrived at the large home, they were invited in by the servants. Abigail approached them and bowed before them. She looked even more beautiful now in this refined setting and in her costly pale yellow gown. My lord, she said to Benaiah. Benaiah wasn't accustomed to such deference to him. The woman was so gracious to show respect to anyone associated with David. He decided to be direct. David sent us to you to ask you to become his wife. If she was surprised by the proposal, she didn't show it. She hesitated only momentarily, then bowed her face to the earth and said, I am his humble servant, here to wash the feet of his servants. She then summoned her servants, who packed some of her things, and followed Benaiah and the other messengers. Abigail rode on a donkey, followed by five of her maidservants. She was obviously a woman of means, who was accustomed to luxury. How would she feel about sleeping in caves and tents, traveling for long periods with no promise of a stable home life in the, the near future? Would she resent having to share David with Ahinoam, his other recently acquired wife? She seemed willing to try, offering to become a servant of servants, but Benaiah suspected it was David who appealed to her most. He was a handsome man, a natural leader, a fierce warrior and future king. He would appeal to any woman who was now without the protection of a husband. And to leave a life with a scoundrel of a husband like Nabal and going to one like David was probably something she never dreamed could happen. So Abigail became David's wife. Keep listening for chapter 11.